Good afternoon, everybody. Good evening. Whenever you're listening, if you're watching and listening right now, good afternoon. You're picking us up later. Good God. There's a there's a Jimmy Buffett song called Gypsies in the Palace about Buffett leaving his house with a couple of guys to take care of it, and they end up shooting the locks off the liquor cabinets and, you know, driving a car into the pool. And that is essentially... That is essentially you and I without without Jeff here to yeah. handle to handle the stuff. Uh, God only knows what's in that cup. How many pops you've had? Uh, I mean, it is just uh, yeah. we haven't been on in a Brutal. week. We have not been on in a week. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Yes, we're on, Mom. We are yes. on. Yes. <laughs> you already have to answer to your mother. Seconds in. Seconds in. That's just how it goes, Johnny. I understand. Uh, so we have been on for a week. I'm going to ask you this question. I want you to answer it honestly. Did you miss doing the show? No, (laughs) I I missed it Monday. I missed it Monday talking about all the stuff. I was regretful that we couldn't do a show on Monday, but I didn't miss it, quote unquote. You wanted me to be honest because I was just so swamped with so many other, I hate to use the word, responsibilities. I was swamped with it and I still am. I'm under major deadline pressure. All right, we're going to keep it. But in terms of like regretting that we couldn't talk about I was not, not even finished with my thought, for crying out loud. What? What do you mean? What are you saying? Is it a delay? Are you on a delay? I'm, well, we must be on a delay. We must be on a delay. Wow, like a really bad in middle of a, in, in the middle of a thought. Re, in a really bad delay. So, this, so it's already gone off the rails. Completely off the rails. Already. Yeah, all right. Well, Fair you enough. Know, this, this is what happens when Jimmy Buffett gives the keys to the help. Gypsies in the Palace. That's right. Uh, listen to it. Should really be the song for this uh, for this show. But no, 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 I completely understand. And thank you for being honest, because I was going to say the same thing. I, however, was out of town in St. Augustine for the weekend. So n- nor did I miss doing the show. I wouldn't mind Monday evening when I got back talking yes. about everything because there was so yes. much to talk about. Now, here, here, Mark, here's um, here's one of the great things about uh, not doing the show until Wednesday is that it has um, uh it has taken away any responsibility you and I may feel to talking uh, uh, about any individual games. We don't have to do that really at all. We don't have to go upside the in down with all of the statistics. We don't have to do any of that. We can talk more in the macro, which for my money is just that that's the sweet spot for us. Well, that that's our show. It's after yeah. further review. We get to hear all of the pundits, blah, blah, talk, blah, 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 break the inside on the upside. And and then we got it. We get to react to them. Right. That's our ballywick. And who knows what's in that cup? <laughs> uh, all right. Let's uh, let's go ahead and do a progressive trivia, even though I, I had a plan, Mark. I was going to come on the show today uh, and I was actually not going to have a progressive prepared and argue with you uh whether or not we needed progressive trivia in the show anymore over the merits of just having one. Yeah. Of just having progressive trivia, but instead I just put one together and uh, let's, let's see how it goes. Um, Looking for a major league baseball player past or present. All right, here we go. 20 seasons in the majors. That should be 20 plus seasons in the majors. Actually, it was over 20, Uh, 2,500 plus hits, 1100 plus RBI, 250 plus home runs played in 11 
postseason series and played only one season in the AL. That should say 20-plus seasons, more than 20, but only one of those in the American League. So there you go. All right? That's our progressive. I, I, I love this one. I, I, I love this one. Yeah. Sure. Well, there's, you know, we'll talk about it after, but it, it, it is in, in many ways apropos for any number of reasons. All right. So to your point, Mark, I was going to look at the standings in the NFL and, and all of that stuff. Um, I've looked at them. But to your point, and I have them and, and we can do that. But your point about the reaction and the overreaction, which I think this year is more acute than ever. Three weeks ago or however long it was before Cam Newton tested positive for COVID. And in fact, when he was, um, when he was recovering, when he was out of football, the discussion was, well, the New England's going to give him an extension. New England, New England's out of play for, they don't need a quarterback. Bill Belichick won't have to use all those draft choices to, uh, to move up and get a quarterback. He's going to sign Cam Newton for another, another three year extension. And uh, he'll get a bunch of young players and they'll be able to move on today. More than one pundit said if New England had lost the game to the Jets, that would have been Cam Newton's final start in the NFL. First of all, <laughs> see, that's why that's why we like Colin Cowherd, because Colin Cowherd can can look at things and, and he has a segment on Mondays yeah. where he said where Colin was right, where Colin was wrong. Sure. And he just he he just admits where he whiffs and he admits where he and he and he looks, you know, overreaction in the eye. And he has he has this great segment as well. And we should probably do that, John. We should probably actually have segments that we decide upon and then we can actually use those for YouTube as opposed to trying to sift through an hour and a half and find the funniest things. We should have a segment. His is like three words. Don't we have a marketing team for that? Isn't there a large contingent of marketing people who should be on top of that right now? For Taylor us? Ferrer was our was our uh, unofficial uh, marketing uh, professional, but she is uh, she's on on her honeymoon. So yeah, John won't let Yoko work for us anymore. So now we're in trouble. <laughs> All right. So uh, so there it is. But 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 yes, I I agree. It's like it's you know how do they know how do they know. How do they know that it would have been his last start? And, and, and frankly, you have to think that New England is going to seriously look at a quarterback because there's a lot of them out there right now. I, I would say there's five. The top five Heisman Trophy candidates, I yeah. think, could all could potentially all be great pros. And I would extend that to King, to De'Ara King right. uh, of, of the uh, Hurricanes. Well, and let me and hey, listen, uh, Kyle Trask. And he's not even a, a top five uh, Heisman guy at this no, point. No, I love his. his Kyle name. Trask is a top five Heisman guy, the quarterback at Florida, but he's Number not one. yet projected as a first round pick. But he's moving up that board, and he could get into that mix as well. Yeah, there's a, a lot of talent out there. But I thought that was really funny. And the other one that I thought was great, Mark, and I have to say, our discussion about who's actually good in the NFC. I'd like to thank the NFL for just throwing more fuel on the fire. We don't have any idea because now it's the New Orleans Saints, clearly. Who I don't even think we discussed prior of to last week. Course but here's the thing. Because they've won five in a row. Of and course. They, and they destroyed Tampa Bay. Right. And the thing about Tampa Bay, and here's the reaction, the overreaction that I keep running into today is a couple of weeks ago, if you remember, Tampa Bay was they were going to it was a cakewalk to the NFC championship game for them and where they should you know, depending on where they have to play Russell Wilson or, you know, Aaron Rodgers, they, they should still, you know, they're, they're an odds on favorite. Um, 
to to get to the Super Bowl. And now and now because they're in a position where they may have to enter as a wild card. Pundits all over the place saying back to back road uh, road playoff games. Tom Brady never wins back to back road playoff games. It's over. So it's over for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now. Two weeks ago, they were in the NFC Championship game, and now it's over for them. That's part of the narrative that's going on out there. It, it is It is true that he hasn't won back-to-back road playoff games. No quarterback is that great on the road. Of course not. In no. playoff games. Joe Montana, I think, won one road playoff game in his entire career. Now, right. they didn't play that many, but – and that's part of it, too. And yeah, exactly. These great teams don't play that many road games, oh, by the way. Right. But remember, the playoffs this year, John, only one team gets a bye. Right. And true home field advantage. Well, so unless a team wins outright, and oh, by the way, the Bucks are one game out of winning outright. Now, I guess one and a half, if you will, because they've lost twice to the Saints. But still, they're only one game behind the Saints. Right. We're only halfway through the freaking season. Come exactly. on. Exactly. My goodness. No one knows what's going on in the NFC. No one knows. No, and, and the Saints and are the a AFC, Drew Brees. You know? The Saints are a Drew Brees high ankle sprain away from, you know, losing a couple themselves. We don't know and the injuries that we've seen, but I just think it's so funny that, you know, three weeks ago, Cam Newton had secured himself three years with Bill Belichick. And if it, even if it didn't work out this year, oh, holy crap, maybe they're back in it next year. Now he he may never start in the NFL again. And the Buccaneers were your NFC champions. And now probably going to bow out after a game. And if that Chicago if or, yeah, if they make the playoffs, exactly. It is. What, what does that teach us, John? What does that What does that teach us? There's There's two things it teaches us, and I, I and and I know you'll get the first. I'm not sure you'll get the second. Don't count what your chickens. Don't count your chickens. That's for sure. The first one yeah. is that we overreact all the time, and after one week, we project the entire season mm-hmm. every time. Right. That's what's happened. We absolutely. The entire season a few weeks ago with Cam, we're yep. projecting the entire season again with him now. You're absolutely right. Okay. So that's, that's the first lesson. Mm-hmm. The second lesson is that you and I know better. And yet we do it. And yet we get sucked in. I know we get sucked in John. The show is named after further right. review. We know better to look at a bigger picture. And do we philosophically, we understand but in terms of our actions, in terms of our day to day, our flesh and blood, no point oh really oh seven percent. We we actually it's do. the opiate. We, it's the opiate, Mark. It's 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 amazing. We we just get yeah. It's we cannot almost help ourselves. We have to take it. We have to ingest <laughs> the current mob mentality thinking. Right. Come on, we're in, we're in the basement with a needle and a spoon and another girl to take our game. Take well, our pain away, and that's yeah, next week's game. Wish, indeed, that was the case. But <laughs> <laughs> it, it is so true that we just fall. Because I was going to say, I was going to try to make a joke and say the second rule is there's money in being stupid. But apparently there is because these people who go on television and spout these ridiculous pronouncements make enormous paychecks. And you and I, we do it for next to nothing. Yeah, they do. They do. Oh, my goodness. But I just. I, I, I and just it's amazing remarkable that, that Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. They're, they're, the delay is back. Skip Bayless and uh, Shannon Sharp. It's amazing that they can literally limit their show to Lakers Clippers talk. Yeah. Or Dallas Cowboys talk. It's yeah. remarkable. Right. 
Perhaps it, we should do that. What would be the two, two or three subjects we would always talk about? You're, and I'm already laughing because I know what it's going to be. UCF and the Orlando Magic. That and, and that that would be it. But for, I, for I us, would it would say, be the Kennedy assassination. And, yes, uh, clearly. And uh, I don't know what would, what would the second one. Well, I think it would be general, president, general presidential history. Okay. And um, I, I think I'd give I throw a bone to you for uh, for for perhaps civil war. Uh, stuff, but we'd also probably talk music. Yeah, uh, and we'd also probably talk. We'd we'd probably we'd probably we'd probably talk politics, and we'd probably just uh, debate onto what the best advice for the uh, po- you know for the nation would be politically. That's good. That's good. And we probably wouldn't talk about sports. That's the that's the the odd thing is we we and certainly no uh, contemporary sports. I mean, we might have a we might have an impassioned discussion about the forty seven World Series, but or you know, the, uh, anything or, or, that the 80, or the eighty two Super Bowl between the Redskins and the Dolphins, which was a classic that okay. I watched on a twelve inch black and white when I had first moved to New York City, and had one of the best times watching a Super Bowl I've ever had because I. I was I had become a Jets fan under Walt Michaels and they were like the kids that could and they got to the championship game against AJ Dewey and those asshole Dolphins and I hated the Dolphins and I wanted I wanted the uh, the, the Redskins to beat them and the the way they did it the way they did it the way Theismann tapped away that potential fumble or interception at the last second uh, the way you know obviously uh, Reagan's running around uh, left end the way he did. And, just shirking Don McNeil. Yeah. We literally, we already have talked about that more than any other sports talk show has ever talked about the 1982 Super Bowl or the 82 season Super Bowl. I got to tell you, I feel bad for AJ Dewey. He's probably just sitting somewhere and in, in line for a Chick Fil A or at a gun range. Maybe just you know. Maybe he's at a recount rally. It Maybe could be. A could be. Uh, which state are we in? Don't stop. Anyway, moving on, and in just somewhere, he just went, "Ooh, why? Why am I an asshole?" AJ Dewey. <laughs> well, that was just the, why am I such an asshole? The team, but AJ Dewey was it? Yeah, it was like, yeah, they were they were tough to take. I have to admit, and that's not just as a Washington football fan. If, they, if, they were tough. And if, and if you don't mind, Johnny, this is a perfect transition because okay. I, I, we are in the NFL segment. I'm assuming, right? Sure. In terms of your, in terms of your outline. Yeah, this is yeah, this is it. This is the NFL. We've already segment. done that. We've already done the progressive. Yeah. Okay. So I did want to give some serious love to the Dolphins and okay. and to Tua. Um, this is a kid that had his second start. He looked very average, if not below average, frankly. Even even he had that nice uh, touchdown pass in his first start, but he was damn near invisible in that first game. I mean, you really, with the exception of a couple of plays, it was as pedestrian. It wasn't. It wasn't like uh, car wreck bad. It wasn't good. It was just this sort of, well, you talk about bringing in a third string quarterback just to hand the ball off and throw a bunch of high percentage passes. Yeah, we knew nothing after week one. They go on the road. We know they've got a good defense. Yep. We know their offensive line is not doing to any favors. We know this, too. We know he doesn't have a whole lot of weapons on offense. Right. Uh, And they play really one of the most dynamic, exciting teams in the NFL, I would say. Primarily because of how Kyler Murray plays, and they go on the road, and it's and it's tit for tat. It's like seven nothing, seven seven, fourteen nothing, fourteen seven, fourteen fourteen. I mean, it's one of those games yeah. back and forth, and then all of a sudden it looks like 
Arizona finally in mid to late third quarter taking control. So now they're ahead by a touchdown and the Dolphins need need to answer. And I don't first of all, the stat line he had 200 well over 250 yards, I think two touchdowns, no interceptions. But again, what made the difference is that there were third downs. There were important plays that he he got with his feet. He improvised and figured it out. Joy Taylor, who we've given all kinds of love to Colin Coward. Now we're going to give love to his his sidekick, Joy Taylor, who is from South Florida, who's who's the sister of uh, Jason Taylor, one of the one of the all time Dolphins. She said, there is not a quarterback that we have had in 20 plus years mm-hmm. that would have won that, including Ryan Tannehill, that would have won the game. And it was because of how he extended drives. And the fact that they did that, the fact that they are five and three. Yeah. Uh, this is, I love Brian Flores. I'm, I'm starting to in, completely fall in love with Tua. I'm a huge Miami Dolphin fan and it is a great, it is a great story. They are two years ahead of where they, where they thought they would be. And um, and Buffalo is turning out to be legitimate. The AFC oh, East is now one of the most interesting divisions in the is. NFL. I, it is. And, and, I, and give, I just want to give some love to the Dolphins. And even interesting on the bottom end with the Jets, who, you know, they should have beaten New England. I, I, I watched a good portion of that game. Um, and New England, who's always going to be interesting in the Cam Newton situation. So I couldn't agree more. You know, the thing I think for Tua is uh, he got lucky in one respect. Um, I think the pressure on him is less in Miami than it was at Alabama for a couple of reasons, obviously, because Joe Montana said that he said he felt more pressure as the starting quarterback at Notre Dame than he ever did for the San Francisco 49ers. Um, But also because of COVID, these away games aren't hostile anymore. And Tua started games at, you know, Death Valley at LSU, which is probably louder than any NFL stadium for that matter. But uh, gunshots going off all the time. So, you never know when they're, you know, they're they're being aimed at you, you know. At any, right. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, so a lot of these, the Justin Herberts of the world and stuff and the Joe Burrows, the one thing they have going for them is the communication thing. That's difficult that, when that is true when, when you have pressure on you and when um, you're new and you barely and it know the speeds everything up. But if you're out there and it's just sort of it's almost like a practice, uh, you have you in fact you probably have fewer people around than some of these teams do have for practices at times. No, uh, that's so. a that's a very very good point, and uh, I I obviously tip my hat to that point of view. And so when you say on the road, it's not quite the same, you not know? quite the same, it, not it, quite. They, the same. they have to deal with the travel and everything else, but that's a few hours. But there are also, you know, it, it's interesting because uh, I remember Dan, the great uh, writer, Daniel Okrant uh, talking about baseball and talking about, yeah, you you can look at, at all the eras in baseball and say there were positives for playing in this area era. And then there were, you, you know, there were negatives, but it's like, you know, yes, uh, the uh, once they expanded the league and, and expanded the number of games, made it easier for guys uh, to, uh, to obviously compile more RBIs and home runs and stuff. But those earlier guys didn't have to travel, you know, West Coast and then fly back at on a red eye and play a game 36 hours later. There, you know, a lot of positives and negatives. Uh, so for the COVID thing, I think for these rookie quarterbacks, not playing in these 100% full hostile environments is helpful. But I do think the disruptions that even, even the teams that aren't having a lot of positive tests, a lot of disruptions going on. 
And NFL teams just, you know, and, and athletes like that, uh, that regimen and that rhythm. We want to get in rhythm. We want a regimen. And it's been hard to do that. Uh, still, you know, the positive tests are popping up. Not as bad as college football and the SEC getting stung hard this week. We'll talk about that in a minute. Let's go ahead and do the progressive trivia. We'll probably come back to a little football. I do want to mention the Cowboys, our good friend Joe Conley, uh, chiming in at uh, the they, they played well against Pittsburgh and, and in many ways probably should have won that football game. But uh, we're going to talk about something else in the Dallas Cowboys in a minute. 20 seasons, 20 plus actually in the majors for this guy. 2,500 plus hits, 1,100 plus RBI, 250 plus home runs. Played an 11 postseason series. Played only one of his 20 plus seasons in the American League. So that's a good, I think that's a good clue, Mark, because it's a guy who just went somewhere for a year. Yeah, I like it as well. Um, postseason season batting average was only 182, but 15 yeah. postseason steals. So he averaged uh, uh, about every other, about what, a steal and a half per uh, series in the postseason. So that's actually pretty damn Well, today it would be record breaking because nobody ever steals. Uh, played with Ray Knight and Davey Lopes, uh, five time Golden Glover, and won multiple. World Series. Uh, before we jump into college football, Mark, and uh, the inevitable Notre Dame discussion that I that this time I, I have no issue with, because I think it's really interesting scenarios if you play them out for this Notre Dame team. And congratulations to them for everything but the post-game celebration, which they probably should have known better. But uh, my goodness, w- what a game. But I, I, the other thing that, uh, that came up today on uh, some of the sports talk that I was listening to was... With the Cowboys, obviously, you know, this, yeah, they could even win the division and have a top six pick in the draft, for God's sake. Um, and they have some, uh, they have some room to trade picks. They could, they could move up in the draft. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, could they move up far enough to get uh, Lawrence or Fields? Probably not, but it's not beyond the realm of possibility. The question is, would you, if you thought you could do that, if you were the Dallas Cowboys? Because remember, Dak, with this, with the uh, situation with this contract, if they franchise him, it's like $31 million against the cap, which is essentially four years for a rookie quarterback. Um, would you consider doing it if you were the Dallas Cowboys? No. I think yeah. it's an interesting question, though. Yeah, I know, but if two things. One, a bird in the hand, I think, is always better. And Dak's not even 30 yet, I don't believe. And right. and second, so why, why are we talking about a different seventeen? <laughs> They're two and seven. Well, right. They're two and flipping seven. Well, I think, I think listen, I, the reason two and I, seven. I think this is interesting is because what it could do, uh, would, would it, it could put a Dak Prescott out there for another team to go after. And boy, oh boy, I know the team I think would move to the front of the class and has certainly enough draft choices to trade up uh, if they needed to get somebody higher in the draft. Washington football team? No, I think New England. I think New England could walk away from uh, Cam Newton and bring in Dak Prescott, who I think is actually what they were hoping Cam Newton would turn into. Mm-hmm. And sadly, and again, halfway through the season, I still think there is a, a chance. He had a pretty nice game. Pull. I mean, I know it was against he, he the did. Dead, And he did drive down when he had to. And, uh, you know, in the game before, he just had that unfortunate fumble. And, yes, I mean, you can, you can, 
you can beat a guy up that for that all day long, but it wasn't really a, I mean, he was running down the field trying to, trying to pick up some yardage. It wasn't a poor ball security in the pocket fumble or something like that, or a bad interception. So they could have easily won that game as well. And I think the discussion would be different about him. Yeah. And um, they easily could have won the game against Seattle where yeah. all they had to do was go one yard on the yeah. final play and they couldn't do it. Yeah. They yeah, could have five wins right now, and we wouldn't be talking about this. With no, you, not at all. And he probably would be – we'd be discussing whether you give him a two- or three-year extension. All right, let's jump to college football yeah. for a bit where we wanted to go now. Congratulations, as I said, to Notre Dame. Now, I'll just throw out the caveat for everybody that know that Clemson's top three defensive players, or at least top th- of their top four, three of their top four were out, and Trevor Lawrence was out. But I don't think that minimizes too terribly much what they were able to do because Clemson is – as is Alabama, incredibly deep. They don't lose that much with their backups. They they probably, Mark, lose a little towards the end of a game because they've got one fewer guy to cycle in and out because they these guys that are now starting probably came in on play number six on a drive it, 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 normally. They weren't guys who just sat on the bench for the entire game. But, but you saw what their backup quarterback, who I believe is a freshman. He's, and he's terrific. So you, you you see that the rich are phenomenally yeah, rich. Right. We don't even know how rich they are right. until they get hurt. Yeah. And then we know, oh, they're still better than everyone else. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think that minimizes Notre Dame's uh, uh, not loss. too much. Uh, I Notre, mean, Notre Dame's uh, win. It just gives much. you pause to think about what's going to happen in the ACC championship game well, if those two end up happening, uh, end up being uh, competitors in that game. And I don't. You know, I don't think Notre Dame has a chance at that point. Well, well, here's my question for you, though. In and we're going to talk about the Pac-12 because I've changed my mind on something with the Pac-12. Actually, um, if Notre Dame gets to the ACC uh, championship game against Clemson, which everybody feels they will on a pretty top-heavy ACC this year, um, and Clemson's got everybody back, most particularly Trevor Lawrence, and they beat Notre Dame by a field goal. Is it possible that Notre Dame gets into the playoff? Yes, it is. If if it's a close championship game, yes. If they blow them away, no. But if it's a close championship game and they end up with two losses, or no, with one loss, and uh, Clemson has one loss, and they're even head to head, and you know they both have whatever it is, eight and or Ohio nine State wins. separates it, has um, separated itself, and Alabama, yeah, and would, we're looking for the fourth team. We, you know, the Pac-12. Everybody thinks don't don't they don't play enough games. I mean, that's what I may have changed my mind on, actually. Um, but I think so too. And you could have a situation where Notre Dame and Clemson could meet uh, three times because they could very easily Clemson could be yes. by the time we get there they could be the three seed. Notre Dame would be the four seed. I think we would probably we would agree at that situation with the with the closer loss with uh, Alabama and Ohio State at the top. They could play three times in one season. That would I, you know what I would yeah. I would be in favor of it to be honest. If it came down to a Clemson Notre Dame, um, I I agree with you. I really don't think that with everybody back that uh, Notre Dame doesn't lose by, you know, I would think a respectable, you know, 10 points would be 10, 13 points even would be relatively uh, respectable. But I just think it's very, very interesting. I do too. Although Notre Dame has Boston College, they have Wake Forest. They, They, believe it or not, three of the last four games are on the road. And according to the schedule, uh, makers and the ones that rate 
strength of schedule. They're 20th in the country. Right. So that's, that's one of the highest strength of schedules going in. Which they always do, which you get finishing out the season. And that's interesting because they're in the ACC, which is a pretty weak conference as a rule. Yeah. And, but they play Wake Forest. They play, but but they're on the road. And again, you're right. I mean, there's only not as much of a road. But um, uh, we'll see what happens. Right now, it's Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Clemson. Yeah. (sighs) Yes, no. (laughs) Yes, Notre Dame is a little different, although they've had their shots in there a couple times. Yeah. Texas A&M is on the outside looking in. They Florida's are. on the outside looking in. Texas Florida can play. I think Florida can play their way in. They I, can Texas, because Texas, Texas A&M, A&M, even though I mean, they beat yeah. them, yeah. even though they beat them, doesn't, won't be able to play a championship game. Right. And Florida will. Now, will they perform well against Alabama? Now, if they lose by a field goal, that's two losses. I'm not sure. No, no chance. You know, but and and I like I like what Texas A and M is doing. I do like Jimbo Fisher. Yeah, um, yeah, they're better than they're much better than I expected them. I do love the idea that Cincinnati, BYU, Liberty, even though I have my issues with that school, um, uh, are sort of in the mix this year. I love the fact Indiana's in the mix. Yeah, it's 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 a much more democratic top twenty-five this year. Top yeah. top fifteen. What about Coastal year? Carolina? Coastal, Coastal Carolina. Carolina. They're undefeated. They're the ones I usually joked about. Like, okay, I here know. we go. Here's Coastal Carolina you by assumed the sea that for they none. Were, yes, you thought it was a nun school by the sea. Always, always. And now they're in the top 15. Honestly, I thought it was a whaling school. I thought it, uh, that uh, Coastal Carolina was just a school where uh, uh, future whalers go. Yeah. So, well, you know, I mean, it's like you got a harpoon class. Yeah, exactly. Before like gut and blubber class or whatever in the hell yeah, you call you, it, you you you've got uh, you know uh, distilling blubber to oil class. Right. <laughs> you you read you know you read Moby Dick every other week just to right. just to stay humble. You learn how to um, run that 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 uh, animal rights boat that chases you down and throws yeah, that you know shoot blood onto you or whatever the hell they do. Oh, those people? No, just kidding. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they're they're fifteenth. Coastal Carolina is seven and zero and fifteenth. Why not? Why not? I listen. I uh, who who was on? Uh, was it Joel Klatt? Somebody was on today that was talking about the fact that they thought the NCAA. Who again? If there's a uh, what was it? I think it was uh, Leo DeRocher. Um, that uh, the quote about him when we did our deep dive was that he had an he had an infinite capacity for making a bad situation worse. Right. I think the NCAA talk about if there's a bad decision to make the one year that they really could have expanded the playoff and given us eight teams. So we get maybe a Cincinnati or a BYU. And frankly, with that quarterback at BYU and how shaky some of these top 15 teams defenses. I, look, I love that kid. I think Zach Wilson's going to be a good pro, too. I think he could. I think he could eat up. I, I I love my Florida Gators, but I've talked about that defense in the big play. I think he could carve them up. Obviously, Georgia's defense is not what any you know their disappointment. Uh, yeah, I think the, the NCAA made a mistake. They should have expanded those playoffs. Could have seen some of these teams this get in there. How great would it be to do it? See, yes, exactly. And the, and the thing is, is that baseball expanded their playoffs. Football expanded it by one. They might expand it and by expand, another. Yes, they stayed fluid. That was they, the great thing. Is they they are fluid. fluid. Uh, you know, I I know I know the NBA and the NHL didn't, but how could they? You know, they already take everyone in the playoffs. And uh, this would be the year. It would have been. It, it would have been on, great college football. And, and I'm can, sorry. What do we all have say? Time. Follow the money. You still have. 
it's worth more money. It would be worth more money to have eight teams for this season particularly expand. Can you imagine how many more people watch the Peach Bowl and how much how much more money you can uh, charge for advertising if those teams are in the mix? One of those second of the Capital you One Bowl here is, in Orlando. John, this is my way of reaching out to the uh, to the supporters of the ex president who. Uh, I understand. None of whom listen to this show. <laughs> maybe, maybe one or two might tune in every now and then. And I, I, I get on some level the support they, the, the reason why they have support for him. And one of them for some, for for some people, actually, one of them is actually part of our show. Oh, by the way, and um, it's this distrust in this massive sort of oligarch. Sure. That controls everything. You know, the, the, they call it the deep state. I'm right. going to call it the deep bowl state. The deep <laughs> state. That must be what is controlling. Because why in the world, when all when 85 to 95 percent of the evidence, including money, including, well, mostly including money, TV right. revenue, the whole thing. Why would you not? Even makes no sense. Look at it unless the unless the deep state of the bowl commission and those cigar chomping old white guys in charge of the blue bonnet, the for, the bowl norm formerly known as the blue bonnet bowl. Always one of my favorites. <laughs> or these, you know, the emerald bowl. I'm gonna give you know, that's in San Francisco. By the way, the, by the way, emerald bowl. If this is uh if this is a uh, a I movie if that if, if this is a movie when you said cigar chump and white guy, if I'm writing the screenplay, I, I'm playing him. There's a quick <laughs> no, there's a quick cut to AJ Dewey sitting behind a table somewhere. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. You know, it's just it's it just there he it, is. You know, AJ Dewey, bad knees, can't get up from the table, you know, strangles a kitten in front of the group just to just to anger them, get get, you know, get them in the right place. He's some sort of Fargo character, you know. He's 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 left the NFL and he's I running some Fargo. sort of he's I running some sort of uh, he's running some sort of uh, uh, underworld thing out of a, out of a feed store in uh, in Hawthorne, Idaho. Which I don't even know if there's a Hawthorne, Idaho, but I'm, I'm a, right. It's Idaho, and we yeah. just buy it. We automatically buy exactly. It. And AJ do it, but he's also you know just like the Shinehart Wig Company runs everything in Thirty Rock. It's, uh, you know, Dewey Grain and Feed sure. is actually the controlling interest. It's Genco oil, uh, olive oil. You know, it's the controlling interest of the uh, NCAA. I like it. Of the deep state. Of the, the, deep, the deep bowl state as the opposed deep to bowl the state. That bring is, back that the is. shallow bowl. That's what we that's what that's what our uh, flags are as we're out there marching uh, before they gun us down like Tiananmen Square. We got the uh, yeah, bring back the shallow bowl. We want the shallow bowl. You know, the shallow drinking bowl in the night in the 18th century was fairly uh, popular. I, I, I'm an originalist when it comes to drinking out of Culture. bowls. Cult. Bowl drinking. <laughs> I believe the shallow bowl yeah. is so, much better for How us. many other things are you an originalist for? <laughs> That's about it. That's about, That's it. about it. Well, right. uh, designated hitter. Uh, you know I'm yeah, opposed to you the designated are. hitter. Yeah, you are. Um, all right. Uh, one more thing about the college football before we jump on to our uh, the progressive trivia 
is that I really do think that what we're what we're seeing um, in college football with these cancellations in the SEC, I think all of us are on board by saying we don't believe that every team and every conference is going to play the same number of games. I just don't think they will. I don't think they're going to make up games at the end of the season between teams that uh, have no chance to get into a bowl game. I don't think you're going to see three win teams. I, I just don't see that going on. There's not a lot of a reason for it. So I think the thing that benefits is the Pac-12. Because I think if you run the table, I think USC is probably your most likely, or Oregon. Now, USC got past their probably their most difficult team in a good Arizona State team that had an opportunity to beat USC. Well, but I think if right it, there, yeah. Oh, I think if a team, I think if a team in a Pac-12 now runs the table, even if that's just seven wins, and some of these other teams have ten, have played ten games and have two losses, I, I think the Pac-12 is now more than ever in play. Thanks to Notre Dame and COVID in the SEC. Well, okay. If if that's the case, if that's if that's truly the case, you know what? Who? What team is it? Is it SC? Is it Oregon? What, well, I think what, those are the only two that. I think they're the only two that started well into the top twenty, right? And they're both of them in the top fifteen, I believe. Yeah, um, I don't remember where they're so, both sitting, but. I, so let's look at the rankings right now and see see where you know the Pac-12 is sitting. So right now the highest Pac-12 is Oregon at eleven. Okay. Okay. So that's way out of the college football playoff. And then we've got USC at twenty. I just don't see it. You know what I mean? I just don't see it. I don't see enough teams ahead of them losing. But I think if they're an undefeated I, conference lose. champion, I think if they're an undefeated conference champion. I think they might get some love. But if but if everyone wins, I mean, it's not a given. But right. let's say uh, Texas A and M. I think I think they have a pretty good path to, to winning the rest of their games. Okay. Yeah, I think yeah. Florida has a pretty good path, although they they're do. not going to win their championship yeah, they, game. Right. Possibly not. Cincinnati, I'm sure will. BYU will. Yeah. Miami, they're not going to play a championship game unless something happens. Right. IU, they're going to probably lose one. Um, because they do play, uh, they play, they play Ohio State in a couple of weeks. That's going to be fun. Yeah, of course, it's okay. in Ohio State. Of course, right. Well, that's going to be one of those games where it's you know it's not the a, same. They'll be up thirteen to ten at the end of the first quarter, and they'll lose the game fifty-two to thirteen. So you've got all those teams ahead of them now. Yeah, maybe half those teams that I mentioned will lose, and maybe Oregon's seven or eight at that point. But do they jump? Now, granted, who knows what the college football playoff. They might have Oregon at six, right? And that comes out in a couple weeks, right? Of course, they're down in so, the rankings because nobody's seen them play. Yeah, I so think that's probably SC would have, you know, if SC opened their season, you know, when everybody else did and beat that Arizona, uh, what we all agree is a, a a really good Arizona State team that could very well end up in the top twenty-five uh, by the end of the year, that they'd be higher. So I just think, I, you know, because we both thought, uh, I think both of us thought that the chances of a Pac-12 team getting into the playoff were were nil. just as almost nil, if not 100%. I mean, we all, because, you know, there's also the possibility of teams having to forfeit games because of COVID and how many they play. But if the rest of the season played out and everybody played uh, largely the, the amount of games that they were scheduled, that there's no way the Pac-12 could get into it. And I now think they will, or they could. I, I certainly think they could. All right. Well, uh, speaking, going back very quickly to the deep bowl state. All right. 
Uh, December 22nd is a key date in uh, uncovering the conspiracy of the deep bull state. And okay. the, the conspiracy people, the, the oligarchs, the deep state people that control everything, they love the 22nd of a month, as you know. So December 22nd is the famous Idaho potato bowl. Really? Do we really need the famous Idaho potato bowl? Well, you know, I did I did some research on uh, you know they're projecting bowls moving forward, and that Idaho potato bowl uh, at this point, if that game were to be played today, it looks most likely like it might be a uh, a Boise State, which they're always fun to watch. Sure, sure, uh, a Boise State Wake Forest game, and uh, they've never played, Mark. And if if that doesn't suck you in, I don't know what would. I mean, Boise State, Wake Forest, isn't That'd bad. Be kind of fun, actually. That that isn't bad. You've got the Boca Raton Bowl. You've got the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. The Montgomery Bowl. Really? Do we really need a Montgomery Bowl? And oh, by the way, a Camellia Bowl, both in Alabama. How many bowl games do we need in Alabama? You don't understand. After the holidays, we like to sit around and watch a bowl game. Have a little bit of fun for us. <laughs> Youngsters, dance. Look at that boy run. Yeah, yeah. What in the name of Stonewall Jackson is that? The Radiance Technologies so you're just Independence Bowl. You're just gonna, it's the names that bother you. The whole thing. The fact that there's 87 bowls <laughs> bother me. All right. The de- there, there is a deep st- there is a there is a deep bowl state. There is a deep there is a deep bowl state is what I'm right. saying. We, we want we want our shallow bowls. That's our that's we our, do. We want we, we're originalists. We're, we're originalists. We we're want OGs. original shallow bowls as as if we're Roger Sherman in 1776. All right. Want to do the next progressive. Then we'll move on to our potpourri segment, though. We can continue to talk about this, but it's Masters Week. And uh, I want to talk a little about that. All right. Uh, 20 plus. It's it 20 is. plus, folks. Seasons in the majors. 2,500 plus hits. 1,100 plus RBI. 250 plus home runs. Played an 11 postseason series. Played one season in the American League. 20 plus seasons, but only one in the AL, folks. Next set of clues. Postseason bat- bat- season batting average. Excuse me. 182, but stole 15 in the postseason. So that's, a, you know, 11 Man. series, but stole 15. You can- that kind of dates it, though, doesn't it? Uh, played with Ray Knight and Davey Lopes. That five times. What? <laughs> that's true. Five-time Gold Glover won multiple World Series. Next set of clues. Ten-time All-Star in two teams Hall of Fames. Back-to-back NL MVPs, uh, I should say. Uh, you, see that, uh, you see that little uh, thing? That's a code. That's a deep, deep Bull State code right there. Understood. That, yes, yeah. that's a Coveffi. Uh <laughs> Played with many greats, but John Miller may have been my best teammate. And I know, Mark, that you might even agree with me on yeah. that. Of all the greats oh, yeah. he's played with, that uh, that's it. All right, let's uh, jump on to our potpourri segment, Mark, as we put it in the uh, menu. Um, the NBA, let's start there. Going to start the 22nd of December. Now, I love it. Yeah, I, I think we both were hoping for a Christmas Day start, but I really do think maybe logistically this is a better way to get started, have the night games, 22nd, 23rd. Yeah. Um, they're cutting down uh, to, is it uh, 72 games from 81, 72, I yep. Cut, cutting out nine games. Uh, Joe Connolly is absolutely correct on our uh, on our uh, progressive trivia, of course. Um I, I could not agree with you more, and I think the team that benefits the most, and I know I sent you that article that was talking about teams that benefit and teams that don't, and uh, 
I, w- I would have actually said this as well, the Golden State Warriors. Because they didn't have to come to the bubble. They didn't have to go through all of this. They had extended period of time off. Injuries were an issue for them. Yes, big time. I think, I think if anybody other, I, I, I would make them my number one choice to win the NBA championship. Really? I'm going to call it here. I would go, I, I see in my mind that the way this is playing out, that the Golden State Warriors, um, Clippers have had to make a coaching change. There are issues there. Uh, you know, the Lakers play deep into this bubble situation. Um, I just I think it's set up for Golden State. I think they I think they benefited from the bubble situation as much as any team other than the Lakers who won a championship. They did. Uh, that's interesting. That would be a lot of fun for a big uh, Lakers Golden State Warriors uh, rivalry to happen this year. That'd I think it'd be, be terrific. Be great for basketball, and it would be uh, great to have the focus on California, which is where we really should have the focus. <laughs> let's just let's just take a look at the the vote totals in California. <laughs> call it really call it a day at that point in time. i agree uh all right well that's good yeah i think it does benefit them i i love the fact that it's the 22nd i i think that's very smart they they need to have a bit of an off season that is realistic to heal these you know give these bodies some rest and uh that's such a good time of year because I think essentially it's you know the the regular season of the nfl is wrapping up right and it's a perfect time we love the christmas day games but have a few and all of a sudden now it's game three, you know, game game two, game three. Yeah. And it's Christmas Day and we're already into the season. I love it. I think that's a great call. Yeah, I think I think people the, the shorter season, nine games. And of course, we're never going to get back to that because it's a money thing. And uh, it, we will get back to the 81 game season. But uh, I, I think a lot of people and, and I love professional basketball, but I think a lot of people sometimes argue that the regular season is just too long. And it's just difficult to stay on top of it night in and night out. It's going to be a little more condensed with that later start. It I will think. be. So, I mean, it may it may be as demanding on their bodies as the 82-game schedule is. We'll see. Because there's a little bit more rest yeah. baked into the schedule. You know, so who knows if it really makes a difference, to tell you the truth, because it's so um, persistent, if you and- will. And they're going to struggle because they won't be bubbled. So they'll be struggling with some of the same things that we're seeing the NFL struggle Especially with. Especially right now. I mean, everything's going up, 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 up. Right. <laughs> I'm a tattered. Uh, you know, it is. I mean, we had 132,000 cases yesterday. They are yeah. projecting that it could be 200 a day. There were already 1,300 deaths yesterday. I mean, it's like everyone is sort of it, – it's a combination of uh, pandemic fatigue. Sure. Of of it's it there's there's a lot more of this is not going to happen to me in there oh, yeah. right now we're not quite as petrified about everything and then there's the the hoaxers who thinks the whole right. thing is made up so right. we stop talking about it after the election and we're rife for yeah exactly that was the, that was the big that was the big uh, that was the big thing so I don't know Johnny I'm a little concerned about that and. Um, and, and we don't know. And I, I wouldn't, you know, we're going to talk about the Masters in a bit. But, I mean, are, are sports in April? Is baseball going to happen in April? Are, is the Masters again going to happen in April? Is, I think it's a good you know, question. Are we going to have, you know, is the NBA going to be okay outside yeah. of a bubble in the middle of wintertime well, in, the, in the second year of a pandemic? I don't which think there's any way. Which is a worse year than the first. I don't think there's any way that they don't find themselves in the situation. And I think they can be fluid. And I think Adam Silver is, a, is an excellent um, uh commissioner and they will be fluid, but I, they are going to, um, 
they are going to find themselves having to cancel and reschedule games and stay on top of that. So we may get to the end of the season to the point, Mark, where not everybody played 72 games. Um, you know, maybe the Knicks shouldn't play any. Uh, just just, just to really what's the point in them playing any, I think, is, is, is the question. I think the Masters, though, will happen in April again. I think now that... Do you? Really? Once, once they get through, once they get through running this, uh, the tournament, uh, without anybody there, I, I just think it's too it's too easy to do that properly socially distanced, mm-hmm. something like that. And that is a tournament, you know, they don't have to really worry about the people coming in buying tickets. Is, is you know that's what they buy. You know, I, I don't know they buy new rugs for the bathrooms with that money. It's there's so much money at, at Augusta mm-hmm. National that they don't need. You know, they don't need the people there to do it. So I think uh, right. I think that certainly we just get uh, Joe Conley just mentioned the Ohio State Maryland game, um, which, by the way, Maryland, how about them? Uh, the Ohio State Maryland game canceled this week. So college football. And I agree with our good friend. We always mention Colin Cowherd, Mark, but I completely agree with him. And I, we talked about, it too, that the di- most difficult sport to keep up and running was going to be college football because the college campuses are there. The groups of people are so large. It's just going to be very, very difficult. So we'll see moving on. Um, the uh, I wanted to bring up the Masters because I wondered if you saw Tiger Woods' uh, emotional press conference yesterday talking about his win last year, which I think we all agree, a win for the ages and something that golf's been waiting for for a very, very long time. Um, and, and just what you thought of it. Now, was it the press conference or was it that dinner that he was hosting that the uh, the last year's this winner This was a press hosted? conference before the, okay. bef- he before hadn't had the, the dinner. dinner yet. Yeah, he hadn't had the dinner because I think the dinner was the night that night. But yeah. Yeah. La- uh, yesterday. So um, last night. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I love it. I mean, I love Tiger Woods. Yeah. I love Tiger Woods. I want every tournament <laughs> to be won by Tiger Woods. Well, you want him and- to be in contention if you're the PGA. Uh, and 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 the golf world you want you certainly want him to be in contention because one of the things i was going to pose to you mark was i don't i think he was a once in a lifetime person for for golf i think he was a once in a lifetimer for golf do you remember a number of years back when like nascar had this huge upswing and it was you know i think it was the jeff gordon era and he was a polarizing figure sort of in nascar because he was a northerner and he, he came, he didn't come from the traditional dirt track stuff. And, you know, they have all that. And, uh, you know, he was perceived as not being manly enough and any number of reasons that uh, that he wasn't liked. And it really propelled the sport because for so many people, he you could uh, identify with Jeff. And then a lot of people didn't like him. And I think Tiger Woods was the same way. Now, many of them didn't like him for, you know, that that most American of reasons. Um, but uh, I, I don't think golf will ever see his like again. I don't think they'll ever find somebody who moves the needle as much as Tiger Woods. Probably not. I mean, you can make the comparison with NASCAR that, you know, Richard Petty was the guy that really brought the sport to the fore. And that but would it still be... remained a regional sport. It really right. did. But he, but, but he did right. The consciousness he did, did help up the consciousness. You, you could say that Arnie and Jack Nicholson really upped the consciousness of golf. Nicholas. What you, said I say? Nichol- you said Nicholson. Did I, I want to thank you? I know. I knew it was me. Yeah. Sorry. Nick Nicholas. Nicholson's uh, the one who voted properly. <laughs> uh, Jack Nicholas and Arnie Palmer, Arnold yeah. Palmer. Uh, they brought it to a real consciousness. 
and um, it where it hadn't been, and they really it was good for TV in the '60s, and golf became a thing. Yeah, and in the '70s as well. And uh, you're right, Tiger. But I would not compare Jeff Gordon to Tiger. Jeff Gordon was not did not have the uh, dominance over the sport. No, but I think what he did was he. I think what he did was he expanded the audience. I think he. Here's what I think he. I think he expanded the audience. And I wasn't comparing him. There's no comparison as a cultural movement. But I'm just taking a sport that was more of a niche sport. I think he expanded the audience. And I think what they found was when he stopped racing, that audience started to shrink back where uh, where it was. Because he was a guy who, if he was missing a race, and he didn't miss a lot, just like Tiger, he misses a tournament. And there are still discussions about Tiger in press conferences for that tournament that he didn't play Yeah. In. I mean, I, I, I see where you're going. I, I just think it's, you know, Tiger's Jeff Gordon to the 10th power. You know, it's, uh, no, it's, I completely agree. But their effect but on the sport is that I don't know that some you're going to find somebody in NASCAR again who's going to expand as, as exponentially as he did. And I don't, I certainly don't think in golf you can ever find somebody who'll do what Tiger Woods did. Pro- probably not. There, there's, there's more than likely not, but it might be a different thing. In other words, we probably thought that Jack Nicholson and uh, often referred to as Jack Nichols uh, and Arnie the Palmer, booth. that we would never see a run like that again with yeah. Gary Player, with Lee Trevino, with those two iconic forces. Would we ever see that late 60s, early 70s, even Johnny Miller was in there? Uh, you know, Seve was sort of a wannabe, if you ask me. Um, never, never cared for him. I don't know why. I, I, well... Zero <laughs> percent body fat, good looking, swarthy. Well, I wonder why. I mean, I, I you have a type, Mark. You have a type that you're going to hate. Mind, I don't mind the swar- I don't mind the swarthy type. But I will argue, Mark, that all of those Sevy was overrated. If you ask I me. will argue that all those guys you talk about out of all of them, the only one who comes close to Tiger, really, in my mind, is is Arnie. Yeah, because no. Nicholas really built it. Because Arnie, and part of it was uh, the timing. Of And Tiger had this going for him as well. There was a lot more golf on television and there were places. But Arnie came up at a time where TV was starting to take over golf and he was the hottest golfer that time. And he was an athletic. He was a good looking guy. He was he was blue collar in a time where that was celebrated as opposed to manipulated as it is now. Um, So how was he blue collar? His father, his father was golfer. His father was just like worked in a pro shop in the golf uh, at a country club. Didn't allow at a country club. Didn't hold on. Didn't allow Arnie to. uh, I mean, he couldn't even play on the course during regular times and everything. And prior to that, you know, and and there were guys who were hard scrabble. But at that point, you can imagine in the 50s, post-war era, most of the guys who were professional golfers were coming out of, you know, they played golf at prep school and stuff like sure. that. or they were, sure. and, and he was, he was thought of, you know, and he was also, uh, most of them looked like Julius Boros, which which means they looked, uh, you know, like Ernest Borgman like like on a bad day. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, we and, could and, play Julius Boros in a series about well, Arnie Palmer. We really should. Uh, uh, so anyway, I think, I think he's... Palmer's the only one that I would argue had as much effect on and, golf. And, and oh, by the way, probably put Tiger Woods to shame in terms of where Tiger Woods fell, quote unquote. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Arnie? Arnie probably put him to shame, and yet no one cared back in the day. No, not at all. Not so, at all. Uh, yeah, I agree. I don't think we'll ever see anything like it again. But we might see something that's different that is, is, that is just as compelling. In other they words— start- 
letting women play on the PGA tour and some woman goes out and she might mops the floor with them. There you go. I mean, I that? love that idea. And she just make she, the U S open the U S open. She makes Brooks Kepka <laughs> look like an impotent. Wow. He poser. hated Brooks Kepka. I, I don't, I don't, I don't appreciate Brooks Kepka. I can only imagine. I can you know only, and don't get I me mean, started on Bryson DeChambeau. That guy. Are you yeah. kidding me? No, I Good understand. Lord. This last name is the only thing that's interesting about what's the only what's the over under on how many rules officials he gets into it with. I'm Bryson DeChambeau. I've remade myself this year. Clearly, I don't have to follow the rules like a poor. Good Lord. All right. Let's uh, get the answer to our progressive trivia. I know you got things to do. You're paying jobs. Paying job actually reached out to me. How about Indeed. that? Indeed. Right. How about that? Let's, uh, all right, let's get to our progressive trivia. I'll give you the answer to progressive trivia before we get out of here. 20 plus seasons in the majors, 2,500 plus hits, 1,100 plus RBI, 250 plus home runs, played in 11 postseason series, played one season in the American League. Second set of clues. Postseason batting average, 182, but 15 postseason steals. Played with Ray Knight and Davey Lopes. Five time gold glover, won multiple World Series. Next set of clues, please. Ten-time All-Star in two teams, Hall of Fames, back-to-back NL MVPs, actually. Played with many greats, but John Miller may have been the best teammate. There it is, the code, Kabefi. The answer is Joe Morgan. And rest in peace, Joe Morgan. We lost him this year. Another one of the shitty things about 2020. And I really do think, Mark, that... uh, Obviously, Vin Scully is the gold standard of baseball broadcast. But if I had to listen to two other people do a baseball game, then it would be John Miller and Joe Morgan. That's my favorite. I can't think of anybody else I would prefer to have. No, I love those guys. Love those guys. And, um, you know, we'll never have that again. Nope, we never will. So many things we'll never have again. Well, you know, again, again, we'll never have Teddy Roosevelt again. So, you know. Right. Well, no, I mean, what they're, you know, every day we... We'll never have what we had the day before again. So, I mean, wow. really, what's why, why, wow. why do we focus on that? You know what I mean? Wow. This has become a Russian epic novel. <laughs> Existentially, Mark Ferrer. It like, is. You, you become like Tolstoy. What's the Dost- point? I'm Dostoevsky, although more like Tolstoy, because I'll probably be murdered by someone in my own household soon. And Well, uh, one can only hope. <laughs> uh, wow. All right. Well, that's All about right. it. That, that, that's it. Uh, fun times. Jeff will be back uh, on Friday to handle uh, all of the technical things. But, Mark, nice job by you. Not, not bad, actually. Yeah, I, yeah. I feel I, I feel uh, feel pretty good about it. Feel yep. pretty good about what happened today. As well, you should. As well, you should. All right. For Mark Ferreira, I'm John Pelkey. You've been listening to After Further Review, and we'll be back on Friday. Take care, everybody. All right. Well, you know what? I don't have it. What, what's it called? It's keep the customer satisfied or keeping the customer satisfied? Keep, I believe it's keep the customer satisfied. I never keep. hear the outro song going out because I don't listen on the podcast. So so lead us out again, Johnny. For Mark Ferreira, I'm John Pelkey. However you're listening to us, have a great couple of days, and we will talk to you on Friday. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.